Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Bess and Erica's Rock and Roll Music Hour. I'm Erica, and Bessie is always with us in spirit. And um, I am broadcasting you from her living room today, sitting on top of this brand new floor that I'm getting put in at the moment. <laughs> so we're a little bit under construction, but I'm happy to be back and be doing another episode. And tonight we have a special guest that I came across recently. Um, I got an email on my uh, professional email um, from a company that I've uh, done work with guest-wise before called Grandstand. And um, they have a lot of different artists. They uh, got me to live review Perfume Genius back when we did that episode. And um, yeah, they have a lot of different um, amazing artists on their label. But they also have contact with a lot of different cool um, people in the business. And uh, this week they sent me an email about a man and festival coordinator named Dave Cantrell. And um, he's also a DJ in Portland, Oregon. He is basically a very long time uh, post-punk dark wave music enthusiast. He took a moment with me tonight to uh, have a really cool phone interview talking about DJing and mainly talking about being such an avid music lover of that specific genre for so long and seeing post-punk develop from 77 up until today. So um, it was really cool to sit down with somebody that's so knowledged um, about the genre that they love and especially of um, that genre of music because I don't get to talk about that genre very much on this podcast um, because you know I'm a rock and roller and usually play rock and roll or country but I do love post-punk like The Cure and Joy Division and Gang of Four so it was really cool to sit down with somebody that knows so much about that genre and also um, he just started putting together these compilation albums that he's going to be doing every year. The compilation album is called Songs from Under the Floorboard Volume 1 and it's basically a cool compilation album of a uh, fascinating niche, <laughs> if you can say that, um, post-punk dark wave bands that uh, he's put together. And it's very cool, and I'm excited for him for it to come out. And it comes out April 6th, and um, I'll speak about those links later on. But uh, yeah, so I talked to him about that, and he also promoted his post-punk dark wave uh, music festival that he has right there in Portland, Oregon. That was really cool. And if you want to go to that festival, if you're in the Oregon area, you can stick around for the end of the show and I'll let you know those links how to find tickets for that. It is April 5th through the 7th. So um, stick around. (laughs) But before we get to that great interview, I'd like to just uh, talk a little bit about this month and everything that's been going on. Um, I've still been working on my album with my friend James. We're almost done, which is such a relief. And um, this week we're finishing up mixing, so I'm really hoping that this album is going to be out um, towards the end of the summer, or maybe the middle. <laughs> it all just kind of depends on everything. You know how that goes. So, But uh, it's going to be called Top Bitch, which is the uh, title track. And if you see me live or see me play and stuff, um, you've seen me play that song. So <laughs> I'm really excited about it, and I just can't wait till we're done. But please stay posted for that. Keep up with me on all my sites. Um, and also, um, the other night, I uh, had the pleasure to go out and see my friends, Fuel Injected Legends, which, as I've mentioned before, they're such a great band, and they're awesome. And uh, they invited me out to see them, and it was a birthday bash for um, the basis of the band Pat's wife and her friend. 
and um, I had such a blast and they even let me sing happy birthday Mr. President <laughs> but replaced Mr. President with the names of his wife and uh, the other girl that were having a birthday <laughs> so if you love that iconic version of happy birthday by Marilyn Monroe you would have loved it <laughs> so that was so fun <laughs> it was fun to be Marilyn for a moment <laughs> don't we all want to be that <laughs> um, so that was so fun and uh, I had a blast and as always so thanks so much for <laughs> letting me sing that I'm really excited that um, I was able to get such a neat interesting guest for tonight and somebody that's just so knowledgeable about what they do so that was really cool to sit down with somebody and and talk about the years of music that they've experienced and uh, have experienced so much music in their life. That's really awesome. So without further ado, here's my interview with DJ and festival coordinator, Dave Cantrell. Um, my name's Erica. Uh, did you know that we had a phone interview today? Oh, you're right. It's 4 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's past 4 o'clock even. Yeah, I'm late. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're late because, I mean, I've had it all written down. I had it in my... Google Calendar, which I've only recently started using like six months ago, and still, <laughs> I got in, I'm DJing somewhere tonight, so I was doing house stuff, and I was starting to get pull records and all this stuff, so, uh, oh, hi. Hey, I'm sorry that I, I called you late, but I guess it worked out. <laughs> no, you were, it was a genius move. <laughs> well, good. Um, yeah, I, I was having some technical difficulties over here, but um, I got everything worked out, and I was just uh, calling to ask you just a couple quick questions for my podcast. Sure, they don't even have to be quick, but you go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right, so um, your PR person, Chris, uh, sent me just a little bit of a background about you and stuff, and I, I was reading through that, but um, for the people listening, um, it'd be cool if you kind of explained your... DJing background and um, living in San Francisco and London and kind of just how you got into that, I guess, really. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is a, uh, that's probably going to involve a very involved answer. <laughs> uh, the DJ thing is actually fairly recent in terms of being on the radio and um, certainly DJing out. I only started doing that, but that's, you're not asking about that anyway. Six years ago, 2012, I was, I was 56 at the time and, um, I happened to run into a guy at a club, started chattering. He was slightly younger than I, but not but too much. And after a little while, I said, you should have a radio on KZME, which is not where I'm at now, but that was the station at the, at, uh, at the time. And um, it was nonprofit as well. And I said, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. And, uh, and proceeded to follow that uh, opportunity. And um, went out to the station, talked to somebody, thinking I was going to have to, like, sort of, pitched them a couple ideas for shows and like that, and the first one definitely was going to be a post-punk show because I felt that Portland could uh, use one that was dedicated to that. I didn't know of any others um, that were to the extent that I had in mind. And um, I barely got into my pitch, and she said, sure. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. They were kind of hungry for DJs at the time, obviously. Then that, that station, um, it was, as I say, a non-profit, and in the environment that exists, in the Portland area, there's a lot of, I mean, it's weird to use the word competition when you're talking about nonprofits, right. but there is only there is only a certain, uh, you know, uh, pie graph that's being divided up between all the nonprofit radio stations. And KZME, the Metro East was the name of the parent company, and they felt it wasn't, wasn't really developing 
um, and gaining any traction, so they decided to sell their assets, or not sell their assets, give away their assets to uh, the um, most deserving recipient, and a bunch of us DJs, or a handful actually, said, well, since we're the ones being affected by this, can we be the committee that decides? And they said, sure. So I got myself on that committee, and along with some other individuals uh, who were pretty certain that at the end of the of the uh, um, sort of courting uh, process that it was going to go to X-Ray FM, KXRY, but it's just locally known as X-Ray. And that's where I ended up. So um, um, since then, it's just kept growing, this, the, well, the station, and uh, specifically referring to my show, um, not uh, at le- in leaps and bounds, but certainly uh, seems to have reached a real solid footing by this point. And, I'm not unhappy about that. Um, the only thing, other thing I'll say about it is that I went into it believing that it was going to be pretty much just me covering the years through which I lived uh, back then. Um, one of the uh, few demonstrable, demonstrable, demonstrative, whatever, um, uh, um, uh, advantages to aging um, is that uh, I sort of um, was right there in the thick of things when punk became post-punk and Joy Division and Gang of Four and all that stuff was happening. Um, and I happened to be, you know, I happened to be born at the right time in the right area. I, you know, I was born in the East Bay. And by the time all this was happening, I was living in Berkeley and then San Francisco. Um, so I, th- I thought the show was just going to be about that, um, and certainly it could have sustained itself, perhaps not with uh, quite the avid following it supposedly, I'm told, that it has now. Um, but it, the original station had a, uh, a motto, which was music where you live, and they sort of gave me an exemption to that, but I thought, well, let me find out what's going on, or sort of, so I, I Googled current day post or something like that, mm-hmm. and a guy who's now a very good friend of mine uh, that lives down in, um, Houston, Dallas, one of the two, Houston maybe. But anyway, he wrote an article uh, for a magazine called Sousiant Online Magazine that was something like the 13 post-punk bands you should know about now. And five of them were from Portland and I'd never heard of them. Yeah, and oh wow was exactly my response because I generally considered myself to be somewhat plugged into the underground. Yeah, I mean, you know, but the, the fact is that the alternative papers um, to which I rely, on which I relied, um, were, were uh, you know, woefully, uh, they were woefully unre- unrepresenting uh, that segment. And um, there was a, an establishment called Blackwater Records mentioned in that article, and I called there and talked to a guy named Keith, who's the drummer in a band called The Estranged, which has quite a following, as it turned out. Mm-hmm. And from there, from there, everything blossomed, because I've, uh, in, in other interviews and just in general, thinking about this, it strangely kind of reminds me of, uh, I'm just going to warn you, this is going to sound odd, um, that it, it, it reminds me of San Francisco Bay, right? It got missed all those times, and, and there's like this tiny little opening, and then poof, there's this enormous thing behind it. And that's what, this, that's what that moment was for me. It, it, it just opened up this, this completely unknown, but just enormous and, and, and vitally thriving uh, scene around the world that, that has since then, that was probably 2013, um, has has just continued to um, um, grow and in the and in, in the process just continue to uh, amaze me uh, and it's it's very it's thrilling really it's exciting um, 
So my shows become almost 100% new bands. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm playing bands from all over Europe, the Soviet Union, which has an enormous scene dotted all over the place. Um, pretty much every continent except Africa has been represented in one way or the other. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of a, uh, like I told you, I told you it was involved and we didn't even talk about San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you said DJing is a, a newer thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I've, I've long entertained it, but, but you know, uh, yeah. there was a local, there's a local station called KBU that I wasn't really attracted to being part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aspersion's cast just didn't seem like a good fit. Um, and then you know, this opportunity, one thing led to another, so it, it mm-hmm. feels a little bit more, yeah. Wow, that's a long journey. <laughs> It is kind of yeah. I mean, with a huge gap in between. I mean, I never, I never stopped being keenly curious about music and um, staying up on what's coming out. And um, I have have a, a monthly habit to a certain British magazine called Uncut that I uh, I, I scour every every month. Um, and uh, the only sort of downside, if you can call it that, to uh, the show and the festival. Um, and like that is that is that the opportunity for me to explore other music that I used to just normally would have like I would have bought the most recent Saint Vincent uh, or National album pretty much as soon as they came out because I'm you know, a fan, right? Um, but it's just I, there's not space, time, energy now. I mean, really, I, there's not. I don't have that luxury sort of anymore, and uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Wow, so all the bands that you're playing now are new bands. You're not you're not playing any um, like oldies or like. I'll, I'll occasionally, a couple of weeks ago, I had planned on ending the show with Fat Gadget, but I forget why something <laughs> interrupted that because they're actually a band I'm kind of catching up to. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. um, I mean I certainly knew of them and had some of their stuff, but uh, I never really was kind of in the know about them. Um, but it, you know, like, like I say, something supplanted it at the sort of last minute. Um, and if I do play something from, I used to, I used to sort of reserve a block of 15 minutes for the older stuff, um, but that was obviously a transition period. <laughs> yeah, the main, the main reason being I'll add is that, is that uh, I have, uh, I have a contributor in chief, I call him. He's a friend of mine now named uh, Victor Montez, and he uh, feeds me a tremendous amount of of links and and, and you know new bands and etc. Uh, I wasn't really having a great degree of difficulty finding them on my own, um, but uh, between him and some other individuals, I now have a uh, I in my own discoveries. I have a like a, a Google Doc that is. Um, you know, I probably like the length of my arm. Um, you know, I don't know. I have fairly long arms. I don't know that I'll ever. You know, I'll, I'll never catch up. I mean, that's just a common lament oh, yeah. for any any music obsessive. But uh, it's certainly the case as far as the, the playlist goes. So that being you know the case, it's it's unlikely. I mean, I, again, I, I mean. Like once a year, I, I do a, an all fall extravaganza, which has taken on, you know, greater poignance lately, of course. Um, but I do one of those in the fall. Um, but uh, it, as far as playing like an entire show of stuff from '77 to '82, it's just that's probably never going to happen again. Right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, there's so many new bands that are just popping up all the time. You wouldn't want to keep going back, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah, <laughs> there's just always so many bands just coming up all the time, so it is very endless in that sense. <laughs> that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, in the email that I got, uh, he was talking about this compilation album that you put together called uh, Songs from the Under the Floor, Volume 1. Songs from Under the, the Floorboard, floor yes. Oh my God, I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> that's, no, that's all right. It's, it's, that's the same name. It's, just, it's named after the show. Um, I can't read my own uh, handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not uncommon, I think. Um, name of the show and the there by the compilation. Um, there's a by far my favorite band ever, uh, which come and also happens to come from that era, no surprise, uh, is uh, named Magazine. Mm -hmm. And on their uh, third album, uh, The Correct Use of Soap, there was a song uh, called uh, um, uh, Song from the Floorboards. So I just took the S off of floorboards and tacked it onto songs. And, and, and that's where that came from. But yes, uh, that's the story on that. So um, yeah, I, I was, approached by uh, Gary Bann who owns uh, well, he owns a record store here in town called Green Noise and has a label called Accident Prone mm -hmm. uh, which I'd known, I'd known of for a little while and it was his, excuse me it was his suggestion uh, to do this and all I all I had to do when I mean I, I kind of put that in quotations only because it took a little doing in terms of I curated it mm -hmm. and contacted the, contacted the bands and sent out the initial uh, request and and, uh, um, and how it would be, you know, how they'd be uh, compensated in terms of copies and all that kind of thing. And but he did every, he did everything else. I mean that was the deal. It was like you get it together, what bands you want, and um, and you know of course not every band I approached was able to do it. Uh, most I think were willing, but uh, like one local band Arctic Flowers so we're going to be going and recording our new album pretty soon so we really don't have you know time to do a, an exclusive track and things like that um, but uh, yeah so that was the extent of my involvement and the only other uh, contribution I kind of made was finding uh, the photographer whose uh, image is on the cover what was the process that you went through to kind of choose um, the bands for that compilation album are they new bands or are they old bands or a mix of both well it depends on how you describe old or new I mean one of them uh, the Golden Apes has been around I think since probably I think the late 1900s uh, 1900s 1990s um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's the same thing isn't it um, <laughs> and uh, either that or, or uh, early 2000s but, but most of them are fairly new mm -hmm. um, and almost to I'm trying to think if there's any that aren't the case no I I I had some level of personal relationship with every one of the bands in terms of um, getting to know them through whenever I play a band on my show or if I certainly if I review uh, their album for um, Stereo Evers magazine, which I write for um, online, and then I you know they I send them the link and they publish it or don't or whatever. But um, I usually pretty appreciative, and anyway that opens. Uh, you know, a door of communication. And uh, so it's either that, mostly like uh, Otzi from Oakland, um, they played the festival a couple years ago, um, Brene's, Propaganda, uh, Brene's, Brene's Propaganda from Macedonia and Paralobo from Valencia, Spain, um, mm -hmm. both had the, what, um, the bright idea, <laughs> from my view anyway, um, of, of, of sending me their album, um, actually sending me their LP. Um, uh, and the, the both of them are great records, and um, 
that certainly established you know relationship between us um and um uh, and arctic otter uh, excuse me vice devices is, is from portland um uh, shadow age played the festival forever gray played the festival um uh, and, and sort of like that. So, like I say, every in every case, it's it's a band that I that I knew. I mean, and, and there was, you know, as per earlier in the discussion about how many bands there are, the uh, the possibilities for, you know, we're all, we're planning on doing this every year, mm-hmm. putting one out every year, um, and uh, you know, it 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 could go on ad infinitum. It, it, I mean. I mean if 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 I if I live long enough, there could be a volume forty five or whatever. But I mean, um, it, I don't. I certainly don't see any any you know, sort of slowing down or um, any uh, receding uh, on the horizon in terms of how the scene is going around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I'm a musician as well, but my genre is more so kind of classic rock and roll, like Joan Jett, mm-hmm. or um, more along the lines of like older country like Johnny Cash and um, artists like that's that. cool um, yeah but for me just personally around here in Nashville like I I know that there is somewhat of a sort of like goth new wave scene but it's mm-hmm. really small so what's it like in Oregon and what do you like where do you think um, has the biggest scene for that type of genre well I first sort of got involved with it I was I was surprised to find out what a sort of uh hotbed it was here uh and it's all that's that's kind of only continued i i would i would say at the moment uh well i would first off i'd say that nashville is not one of them <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and i, I when you mentioned that i, was like, I don't even know I don't, it's it's kind of unofficially or you know, casually keep track of that uh, in other words I, you know I, I don't have a written list anywhere of, of, of uh, every locale that every band i've played or become aware of is from but um i mean a couple of weeks ago, uh, I played a band from Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm sure that's the first time I played a band from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, but of late, Oakland has just really blown up. Um, LA is just as uh, strong as you might think it would be, or maybe not. I don't know. It depends on you know whether you think that you know sort of dark music would exist in such a sunny place. But um, yeah, most sunny places almost always have their dark side, um, and. Um, Chicago is another pretty strong scene. Um, it's it's kind of scattered all over the place. I, this the festival, which is in, is almost it's almost scary to say this is in a week and a half. Um, there's a there's a band from uh, Miami. Um, there's one that's split between New York and New Orleans. Um, it's it's yeah. I mean it's it is it is pretty diverse across the country. I just know that Nashville's like not not a place of it. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, that's right. Now there's Memphis, so um, you yeah, know, so it hasn't quite uh, reached that part. And it seems like mostly that's why it's kind of surprising. There's been there's been a, a, a band or two from Gainesville, and, and uh, like I mentioned, the floor or the Miami one before. Um, but you know, I I don't know of the problem. It takes becoming aware of a band or a band sort of gaining notice from a certain place um, and as, as a, a, a pretty uh, clear example of that is uh, the band Sculpture Club uh, which is on the uh, on the album and they're from Salt Lake City uh, and that you know the first time pretty much most of us heard the, the, you know this great band from Salt Lake City is like what? I mean it's uh, and it, 
turns out there's 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 a there's a little scene going on there. So probably probably there's one in Atlanta too, but I just haven't I don't you know unless I'm forgetting something, which is always possible. Uh, I you know I haven't heard it yet. So um, it seems like the the, the South is uh, um, being slow to rise again, except unless you unless you consider Athens, of course. But that's always kind of a, an outpost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's interesting. Um, it's very much you know just country music and alternative rock in this area, I would say. Right, right. Well, that uh, kind of brings me to my uh, next question about the festival that you put together. So tell me more about that, and because um, the only festival I've personally been to is uh, Bonnaroo. So kind of oh, right, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, so kind of, right. Uh, yeah, I don't get to travel much, but <laughs> um, so kind of explain to me the process of of how you got to putting together a festival and um, kind of what it's like. Um, started very modestly. It was just I had the idea originally um, back at the original station at KZME, and I, there was no support for it there. Uh, there wasn't much of a structure there anyway. Um, it was a very small uh, crew, uh, like two paid staff or something like that. But anyway, um, so when I got to X-ray, I sensed that there was more support. Out, I was kind of on my own. They did help out, no doubt, in terms of uh, getting uh, um, food for the green room for the bands and um, and securing um, a cases uh, um, of beer for as well, that sort of thing, um, which they still do. Um, but it was just a single night thing. The first year it was going to be 11, 11 bands in one night, um, and uh, two bands ended up having to drop out soft kill because uh, Toby was in Chicago at the time and was going to take a train and his uh, ID was so brittle the guy taking the look checking it checking it broke it oh, you know snap snapped it in half I mean it was kind of a, a shitty thing to do oh. um, uh, but so I can't take this and so that, that they could they had to drop out and then the Prids which is like a PRIDS they're like a local institution and uh, she had a cerebral hemorrhage the week before the festival oh, um, which ended up not not killing her thankfully and they're, they're still around and just put out a, new, a great new record but um, so it was turned out to be nine bands um, but it was it was surprisingly successful I mean I thought it would work but it just worked better than I expected yeah. um, and from there I had um, one of the bands is playing this year and is on the compilation uh, Annex from, from uh, Texas they were they're kind of a little scattered now but originally they're from McAllen Texas which is like right on the border of the Rio Grande and oh, okay. um, very remote it was unusual for this band to be coming from there but there you go um, anyway they contacted me said we want to play your festival and uh, i I told them when they got here, when they when they when they got to the venue, uh, I said, you know, when you all got a hold of me like that, I I thought I thought this is going to work. <laughs> I mean, this is really this is sort of how I expected it might it might work. So it was a two night festival the second year and it expanded to three last year. Um, last year was a slightly of a, a slightly kind of um, a year of trying to sort of, sort of reassess how we're approaching it. This year is a bit of a transition year. It's still three nights. It's going to stay there. Um, uh, it's eight bands a night, starting at seven o'clock. There's a, um, a added a, a little record sale before each night's event um, to, to to run for three hours and sort of overlap with the beginning of the of, of the night's festivities. Um, and yeah, I mean the only way for it to work is for bands because we can't pay a lot. Where it's a it's a nonprofit festival. Uh, all the uh, it was originally. 
um, a benefit just for the for X-ray, which is like a, you know, a listener-supported nonprofit station. Um, very progressive, and uh, that's how it's been the first three years. This year, it seemed prudent um, and um, like the right thing to do to add. Uh, uh, another organization, given the times that we're living in, um, there was an LBGDQ, uh, um, uh, sort of centered uh, organization. So it's the uh, Sexual Minority Youth Resource Center, also SMYRC, also known as SMIRC. Um, and so they're a co-beneficiary this year. And uh, uh, I, I, int- I intend to sort of, you know, choose a different one, well, a different one partake each year. But but since it's a um, a benefit like that, and we keep prices pretty modest, um, so that that kind of fine balance can be walked, where uh, the bands that are traveling get paid something that if they were doing a tour anyway, they feel like ah, oh, it was a pretty good night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but you know, not much more than that. And uh, next next year we have other ideas, but I'll. I'll, I'll keep a cap on that for now just because I don't want to let my ambition get in front of me too much. Fair enough. Well, that's really cool. Is it, um, I, I don't know if you said, but um, is it set up sort of like Bonnaroo in the way of that you can camp out? Um, no, it's all, it takes place at a place called the Tonic Lounge uh, in Northeast Portland, and um, it's it's a, uh, uh, fortunately, it's a venue that has just about the best sound in Portland, or at least one of the you know, top three, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um of, of, of uh, you know, on the club level, I'm not talking about you know large venues, but um, yeah, so it's people can buy a three night bracelet, you know, all event bracelet or wristband, or they can uh, you know just buy individual tickets, and yeah, it's uh, I mean people I suppose could camp out in the parking lot, but they'd probably get in trouble. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I w- that's what I wanted to uh, to know. So that's really cool. I had no idea there was. Um such a large scene out there for that genre of music. Um, so. uh, it could be larger. <laughs> I'd be happy if it was larger. Oh, yeah. But um, there, there, there's, there's. Uh, since I, I don't think it's because I started this. It's just that it happens to be that there's a couple of uh, festivals in Oakland. One of which is uh, um, uh, almost. I don't know, I think it's exclusively uh, all women bands, but but uh, um, women fronted bands and like that. It takes place down in Oakland, and there's another one. Um, I'm from the dark. Uh, it sounds too much like mine. Something in the dark. I can't remember. I should know, but I don't. Um, and that, that takes place at the towards the end of this month. Uh, and there's a very big one down in uh, San Antonio. Oh, um, wow. Called uh, like Dia de la It's that's Day of the Dead. So it was not exactly that, but something along those lines. Um, uh, so it's it kind of, and that's been going on for quite a while, but. Well, you know, if I had my uh, preference, uh, this would be like a, a week-long festival at venues all over the city. But, I, you know, I, there's enough there's enough bands to, to do that, but there's not enough uh, there's not enough. In, you know, there, there is interest, but not it's not like on the level of Coachella or something. Sure, um, but that's still really awesome. It's really cool that you're doing that. So, one of my other questions that I had, um, since you have experienced and played so many different bands over the years I wanted to since my show is based around music um, to ask you what your favorite few bands are from 
the time when post-punk and dark wave started and your favorite bands that are modern? Wait, uh, well, the, the, the first part of the question isn't too difficult because I already mentioned one of them, which would be Magazine. Um, and anything off their first three records will should certainly floor anybody that hasn't heard them. Um, and I, 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 the, other, the other one would just almost be I mean, I could say I could say the Cure, I could say Gang of Four, I, I could say Joy Division, all of which were, you know, I could say Buzzcocks. But I'm going to say I want to say uh, um, um, Crispy Ambulance. That's what I'm going to say. They had, they had an album called The Plateau Phase, which is just impeccable, um, and it's just like what I feel like saying right now. Um, as far as current bands go, that's almost unfair. <laughs> I mean, there's one, there's too many of them, and uh, I feel like I'd be like, you know sliding somebody if I, you know, yeah. Um, but I will say I'm, I'm hoping that this band from Russia, Supernova 1006, um, uh, or 1006, it's, I just reviewed an album there, so I was had a reason to look up why they're named that. Mm -hmm. And apparently in, in 1006, there was uh, a solar event, a Supernova, that... Uh, was even uh, by some reports even visible during the day that lasted for like a week um, and uh, so and that's I had no idea <laughs> but yeah but they're, anyway they're a great band um, and like I say there's, there's far far too many just far too many <laughs> it's a broad question but um, I mean I always want to um, kind of leave people with with something to look up and something to listen to and definitely for something to me to look up as well because like I was saying um, obviously I love the, the classics that I know like The Cure and Joy Division and Gang of Four but I'm totally not familiar with most of the bands that we've talked about that are on your compilation album so I'm really excited to um, listen to it and uh, check it out and following up with that that's probably going to be my closing question for you is um tell everyone where they can find the record and um, I also want you to tell people uh, where they can find your radio show if it's syndicated online okay it's not yeah it's not syndicated um, that's in the future okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm no I'm totally joking um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the show is called Songs from Under the Floorboard it is on uh, X-Ray FM and uh, you, people can go to exactly that uh, website xray.fm and uh, click on the shows link um, and um, scroll to or just find uh, when the Wednesday page and um, it's on from nine to, nine to 10 on Wednesday nights. Awesome. Um, and it's archived there, it sort of looks, you know, they kind of make it look like you can only hear the past two weeks, but you can go all the way back, mm -hmm. um, depending on the, the system. Sometimes it's kind of uh, uh, a little touchy. But anyway, that's where that is. Um, the album is, uh, if, if a person types uh, accident prone into the search query box uh, on Bandcamp, um, uh, all his material will be in uh, all his albums, I'm sorry, his, his, his um, catalog will be there. And uh, it's on the top row, I'm pretty sure, is the Songs from the Forward Volume 1 compilation. And it has a very arresting blue-tinted cover that's very hard to miss. Um, so that's that's that. So it comes out April 6th? Is that what 
Comes out April 6th, the, uh, right, right, right smack in the middle of the festival, which run, the festival runs April, April 5th through the 7th. So okay. it will be uh, for sale there. It'll be for sale at the those little, little record shows I talked about um, happening before the event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it'll be available online. It'll be pre-ordered as well, and it's, there's only it's only 500 being pressed. So okay, yeah. And um, they can order the physical copy on Bandcamp as well. Yes. Yes. They can pre-order the, the, the and you know when that when you get a when you buy a physical copy like that on Bandcamp, it always comes with the you know you always get the digital digital as well. Right. Well, that's really awesome. I'm really glad that we uh, could make this little interview happen, and um, I'm really excited that I got to interview you because you're full of an awesome genre that I don't get to talk much about on this podcast. So this has been great. That's fantastic. I'm I'm happy to be the outlier. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, I you know, I've, this process has been kind of illuminating for me. This has been, I've never done publicity before, so it's been kind of fun. Oh, cool. Well, I'm really glad that uh, that I could help you <laughs> do a cool interview. Um, I uh, am extremely grateful. I, I, I humbly thank you very much. Oh no, thank you so much. I'm glad that um, your PR guy got in touch with me. So this has been awesome. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Enjoy Nashville. Thank you. Enjoy Oregon. (laughs) I'll do that. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, I had a blast talking to Dave, so that was really cool. So I'm glad that his PR guy emailed me about him and got this interview set up. So that was that was really cool. <laughs> so thanks so much, Dave, for being on my show. That was awesome. Um, and please, please, please go check out his radio show on X-Ray FM. And uh, like he said, you can go to his website and see all the archived episodes and take a listen. And uh, please check out his festival if you're in Oregon. And please go check out the Bandcamp. Just type in Accident Prone Records in the Bandcamp search tab and um, Songs from Under the Floorboard Volume 1 is the first album and also on the Bandcamp you can buy the physical vinyl copy which comes with the mp3 version as well so please go support him Um, he's an awesome guy and I think it's awesome that he has put together this music festival dedicated to post-punk and dark wave music that's really awesome because I don't think that there's not a ton of festivals that are doing it so that's so cool and also what's really awesome about it is that he teams up with nonprofit organizations and donates the profits to them and I think that is so cool and I think that the organization that he's teamed up with this year I think that it's fantastic that he's donating money for that especially in the time that we're in so that's so cool and uh, thanks so much Dave for being on my show and um, I hope everybody enjoyed i hope everybody enjoyed this episode and i'm gonna leave you with the cover i did tonight of boys don't cry by the cure so i hope you enjoy it and i hope you enjoy this episode um and you can find all my covers and all my grandmother's covers and everybody else that's been on our show at www.ericacase.com thank you so much good night